Welcome to the Walking with Angels podcast. I'm your host, Amy Taylor, and today I'm doing a book report that is long overdue. (laughs) Um, So over the last couple of weeks, one of my daughters had a assignment to read the Christmas Carol. So we listened to it as a family. And as I listened to it, it was just amazing to me, the things that were familiar, but also the things that were not. Um, So I'm going to go through some of those things, some of the things that really touched my heart as I listened to it. And I think you'll be surprised that they're not the normal things. Um, And, oh, let's see. Oh, my dad told me that I should read it back when my little girls were little. And I tried and I think I made it to like page three and was like, oh, I can't do this right now. So um, there's a time and a place for everything. And that wasn't the time. (laughs) So I think it's interesting how there is timing with a lot of the things that um, we read or um, even like movies that we watch, that there's timing in when they come into our lives and when they find importance. Um, And that could be due to a paradigm shift in our perception of things. And so I think as I have watched all of the Christmas Carol renditions throughout my life, um, they have touched my heart in different ways. Um, But I find that there's... my, My dad's favorite was Scrooge and the Muppet Christmas Carol. Those are his favorite. And I tend to lean towards the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, But I find that as I read it, it was just really inspiring. And so I've like, we listened to it, but then I've gone back and I've kind of read over it a couple of things. And uh, I just love that in the Muppet Christmas Carol specifically, they start out exactly like Charles Dickens does. And he says, Marley was dead to begin with. Dead as a doornail, you know. And uh, so that is the first line is Marley was dead to begin with. And then it goes on to say that it's very important to realize and to know that he was dead. Because if you don't understand that one fact, the rest of the story and his appearance to Scrooge um, doesn't find the right place. So um, I think that that was really interesting. So I'm just going to jump right into it. And so after um, Marley comes to him and tells him that he needs to change or he's going to have the same fate as Marley, um, as Marley is leaving and he like floats out to the street and Scrooge follows him in curiosity to see like where he's going um, he sees a lot of spirits just, and he calls them phantoms in the book, just like floating through space, you know, and he says that there's one old ghost that he recognizes and he says, who cried piteously at being unable to assist a wretched woman with an infant whom it saw below. Upon a doorstep, the misery with them all was, clearly, that they sought to interfere for good in human matters and had lost the power forever. And that really just settled with me that this life is the time to do good and to do good with our physicality. Um, 
and that we don't know what the life after looks like for anyone, for um, those who have lived really good lives or those who have been kind of like Scrooge and Marley. Uh, We don't know what that looks like, um, but we do know that they're limited in their ability to help um, physically, right? So um, that really struck me as being really pertinent to right now. And um, I think that Charles Dickens was definitely inspired um, to write The Christmas Carol. It's not the only Christmas story that he wrote. um, But in 68 pages, this is a small book. In 68 pages, he manages to tell a story that changes people's lives. And I find that absolutely miraculous. Um, and a story that people want to keep retelling. And that's, that's also in and of itself, just amazing. So, um, Scrooge finds himself, um, with the first spirit and, um, the description of the first spirit is actually really interesting. Um, but I won't go into it right now. Um, it's the spirit of the past and, it shows him things that, you know, that um, were kind of hard for Scrooge to see. Um, and there's one spot where um, they see him, he sees himself as a young boy and, um, and he's sad. And um, then the spirit asks Scrooge, he says, what is the matter? Or she it doesn't say. Um, what is the matter? Said the spirit. Nothing, said Scrooge. Nothing. There was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something. That's all. And so this is where we first see where Scrooge's heart is like softening. And he's realizing that he could be that child that he neglected. And um, so it's getting, you know, it's finding its way into his heart. And then um, then they go to when he's older and um, Mr. Fizzywig is his employer. And the Fizzywigs are amazing people. And um, they put on this party, this Christmas party that is absolutely just a ball. It is just so much fun. People are dancing. People are eating they're just having a wonderful time and the Fezziwigs are just generous people but um so as it explains the party itself and then this is where it kind of comes to its exclamation um a small matter said the ghost to make these silly folks so full of gratitude small echoed Scrooge. The spirit signed to him to listen to the two... Oh. That part's not important. (laughs) Um, Why? Is it not? He has spent a few pounds... This is the ghost speaking. He has spent a few pounds of your mortal money, three or four perhaps. Is that so much that he deserves this praise? It isn't that, said Scrooge heated by the remark and speaking unconsciously like his former, le- not his latter self. 
It isn't that, Spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. Say that his power lies in words and looks, in things so slight and insignificant that it is impossible to add and count, count them up. What then? The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it costs a fortune. So in this exchange, it, you realize that Scrooge, <coughs> <coughs> Scrooge has a deep appreciation for this man, Fezziwig, and that, <coughs> sorry, and that he recognizes the attributes in his previous employer that made him a joy to work for. And it's, it's all like getting into his heart, like, and it's kind of, you have to kind of like break it open. And that's what's happening to Scrooge here. And he's, he, but he understood, he understood what Fezziwig did for people. And he understood that as an employer, he was a wonderful person to work for. And that somewhere along the way, he must have lost it, right? He lost what Fezziwig had taught him and had had become a different person than what he probably wanted to be. So I felt like that was really interesting. Um, and then, so they go through the Ghost of Christmas Present. And the Ghost of Christmas Present is one that most of us remember so well because it's so um, Christmassy. It is It is the part where we see our Christmas in the lights and the trees and the food and the family time and the the parties like that's what we see of Christmas present and then um, we also see Bob Cratchit's family and the the meager circumstances that they had one of the things that struck me though too was Bob was grateful even though what he was being given was meager um, he was still grateful and while his wife was a little bit ungrateful, um, they still had a roof over their heads. They still had food to eat and clothes to wear. And at that time, there was a lot of poverty. There were a lot of people that were in rags and had no food, no clothes, nowhere to live, and no ability to get a job because once you were low, you were low. People wouldn't hire you. Um... And people just didn't see how you could take someone who was impoverished and make them better. It just wasn't part of the thought. And that's what Charles Dickens was trying to do with a lot of his writing, was open people's mind to the the people are what you make them. A person that is impoverished will continue to be impoverished unless you change that for them or give them something that can help them get out of that so the the christmas present is very much part of that and i think one of the things that my dad really liked about that part was the um the children under his robe right before he leaves um he he shows that the the children of um, ignorance and want will always be with us and that's 
very poignant in the book is that it is Christmas present, but that that present is we will always have ignorance and want and we need to look for it so that we can help it. Anyway, so, um, but moving on, I, I think that the, so the last of the spirits comes to Scrooge and the spirit of Christmas is yet to come. And at this point, Scrooge is really thinking about who he is and what his role in life is, really, you know. And I think that it is a big change and turn for him to realize that, of course, he just saw Jacob Marley, but it feels like days ago because of everything that he's been through. And so it brings him back to this realization that, death is looming right and um and it is very um visibly apparent with the spirit um that's dressed in um a dark black garment and hooded and what we would like consider like a grim reaper kind of um character and so he comes to him and he's uh shows him the people that are grateful that he's gone and people that are um that have stolen his stuff like he didn't buy a lot of stuff because he was very miserly um but what he did have you know bed curtains and other things um they stole him (laughs) they stole him while his dead body laid in his bed and um took them to go get money with and um so it really shows like the respect that people had for him and and they knew him they saw him all the time and that's how they felt like he never cared about me i might as well get something from this man's death and so he's really struck by that and i think it it tears at his heart um and because of all the other things that he's seen he doesn't get angry and defensive he he gets more um thoughtful and sad so there at the end though um the spirit takes him to his bedroom and his body is laying on the bed and the spirit points at the at, at the head like he wants scrooge to remove the sheet so that he can see that he is dead that it is him and scrooge is just can't do it he says i i wish i could but i just can't like i physically can't do it then he hears this voice that says in not with his ears but like he hears it and it says oh cold cold rigid dreadful death set up thine altar here and dress it with such terrors as thou hast at any command for this is thy dominion but of the loved, revered, and honored head, thou canst not turn one hair of thy dread purposes, or make one feature odious. It is not that the hand is heavy and will fall down when released. It is not that the heart and pulse are still, but that the hand was open, generous and true, the heart brave, warm, and tender, and the pulse a man's. Strike, shadow, strike, and see his good deeds springing from the wound to sow the world with life immortal. So 
in this exchange, I really like this passage because it shows the finality of death. That while we will live again, the things that we do in this life matter. But it also shows, and it is just the way that Charles Dickens wrote it, that Scrooge didn't hear it out loud. He heard it within himself that sometimes that spirit speaks to us and this is Scrooge's message and that someone can be dead and their body can be not living anymore, but that the deeds and the influence that they had while alive never goes away. So in this instance, it says, it, it puts it in a positive light where see his good deeds springing from the wound is that when people die, we want to, we want to shout the good deeds that were given from that person, the, the good things that they said or the kindnesses that they showed us. And if they don't do that, we don't want to say anything because we don't want to shout their sins or all the bad, you know, mean things that they did um, while still being truthful. This is very much the way we feel about death. So we want to say the good things. And I think at this moment, Scrooge realized that when he dies, there won't be any good things. Everyone who knew him when he was young and kind and happy are all gone. And so there is no one to say good things about him. And there will be no one to come to his funeral. And it really, like, that's his message is that death will come whether you like it or not. But do you want to be the person where they say that their hand was open, they were generous and true, and had kindness and, you know, good deeds to speak of? And so that part, like, it really, really just kind of touched my heart. Um, and I think one of the reasons why we don't hear that part in the movies and stuff that we see about the book is because it's hard to depict what the spirit says to our hearts, right? Um, and it's hard for, even though this is like just beautiful literary imagery, that like in a video, it's very difficult to express what this shows. And um, yeah, so... Then um, he comes away from that just sick, just sick that he's going to be the person that he is, like he's seeing who he he has become in the Christmas future and that some people are, are grateful that he's gone and some people are sad, but they're, but they're happy or they just don't care. And so I think that this part really, like it brings him to his his what am I going to do now and then the situation with tiny Tim he realizes that he's the benefactor he's fuzzy wig in the situation and he's not been a good one <laughs> and 
Um, so he asks the spirit if they can be changed, if these things can be changed. And the spirit, of course, doesn't speak to him. When he wakes up and realizes that it's Christmas Day and that he's still alive and that he still has an opportunity to change the things that he saw. I just love the book. And, and I think one of the reasons my dad loved Scrooge so much is in the movie Scrooge. I think it's Scrooge with a D. I'm not sure. The man who plays it, this part in the book is just, he does justice. So he wakes up and he is so excited. He is shaking. He can't hold still. He's singing. He's talking. Everything inside him is like bursting forth. He's laughing. He's crying. He is expressing all of the physical emotions that just changed within his heart, right? So... Like, he goes to write the address for um, Bob Cratchit's house, and he can't, like, he writes it, but it's, like, barely legible. It's all shaky. And um, so, like, he's just literally just so happy and excited to be alive and be able to change these things that he has seen, that he is just beside himself and almost out of his mind, like, just kind of crazy. And once he gets a hold of himself, it says in the book that shaving wasn't uh, an easy task. He, you know, could have cut his nose off or something. Um, and then he gets all dressed and he goes out. And um, as he is after he's um, sent the turkey to the Cratchit's house. And um, it says in the book... He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. And then he goes to his nephew's house and has dinner with them for the first time in his life. And... I just, that part just really struck me um, because we can walk through our lives and we can see the beautiful things, but sometimes we just don't see them. Sometimes we're too worried about something in the back of our mind or we're worrying about, you know, things to come or, um, you know, things that need done um, and instead, or listening to, you know, stuff and it's filling our brain space and we don't have that opportunity to appreciate the beauty that is around us but I think what it depicts mostly is that Scrooge has new eyes his eyes are seeing people and he's seeing the world through a different lens a lens that's not about accumulating wealth or having the upper hand, it is about people. For most of us, we don't have a problem with this. We have moments, but from day to day, we do see people as they are. We see people and we love them and we want to take, you know, do something to help them. But before this, Scrooge saw them as money. He saw them as opportunities to make more money. And he saw them as individuals with their own will that 
they could change their will and they could do whatever they wanted and they could fix their lives or they they were um responsible for the situations which they found themselves in and while that is true it's it's not true um we can look around ourselves and see that um people are where they are maybe because of the choices that they've made but that's not what Christ did and that's not the way that we should live our lives in a way that we're being judgmental we should live our lives in a way that we're being kind and finding opportunities opportunities to be kind um <clears throat> and to help others um and in doing so we will see the joy and the happiness that is around us rather than the the sadness or those were just some of my just thoughts from the book um i loved the way that it it was able to touch my heart this time um and in a different way than it had before uh, so i saw uh i found a talk from president monson that he talks about the um about the christmas carol and um, bob marley coming to him and um to scrooge and he just talks a little bit about that in the talk it's called anonymous um but there's another story that he says um that he tells us in president monson tells us in his talk and it is um a story by henry van dyke called the mansion and in this story it has a man named john wyman and um he dies and or in a dream he dies and uh, he is walking with this group of people and he is walking up to these mansions and these people who have had very rough lives and had no money and um they're be- being given these mansions and um, beautiful places in heaven and <laughs> in the end they pull up to this like little they come to this little shack and he's like, whoa, whoa, wait. I did a lot of things for people. I built a schoolhouse and a wing of a hospital and three churches. Then, and these were things that were given, but they, his name was on it. It was like there was a plaque saying donated or, you know, made possible by John Wyman and Whiteman. And uh, in the end of the story, this is the quote that... Um, President Monson said, it said, and a sadder but wiser John Wyman spoke more lowly. What is it that counts here? Speaking about heaven. And came the reply, only that which is truly given, only that good which is done for the love of doing it, only those plans in which the welfare of others is the master thought, only those labors in which the sacrifice is greater than the reward. Only those gifts in which the giver forgets himself. So I'm really grateful that uh, President Monson put those this uh, story in one of his talks so that I could find it because I probably wouldn't have found it otherwise. And I just really um, find that that is so true that when we give because we love and when we give and there's no reward that's coming back to us, then that's truly giving. 
that's when it's recorded in heaven and no one has to know about it and we're we're good like and we're okay with that and i find that the more that we can think that way through our lives and not have the the need for recognition um that's when we find the real true feeling of charity and that love that Jesus Christ has for people. And as I was thinking about this episode and thinking about the Christmas carol and what I really wanted to share um, and how to kind of bring up the conclusion of it is that Scrooge found hope because he wasn't dead, right? He found hope that he could change the life that he had lived into a life that was beneficial to others and brought joy to himself and to others. And the true message of Christmas and the reason why we love this time of year is because we feel that love. We feel the charity that Jesus Christ had for all people and we feel the love of our Father in Heaven who sent His Son to this earth to give us hope. So, the conclusion of this is that we can use what we have to help others, but the true gifts that are given are the ones that change people, that bless them in a way that it changes their lives not just changes their day. Um, find ways and, and finding ways to serve people that it's a service to them and a way of them feeling loved. So whatever way that that is possible, sometimes it is through monetary means, you know, or physical presence. But most of the time, the present is to depict a love that that someone has noticed you or um, wants to help you with something or, you know, good gifts are the ones that are given with a thought. And um, so when I give gifts, I try to think of who I'm giving it to and what they would like, but also what they love in their heart what brings them joy because I want to give them something that will bring them joy all year round not just at Christmas or not just for a few um, days or months but for longer than that and I think that that's what Scrooge realized was that even throwing money around wasn't the blessing if his heart didn't understand the reason for it, right? And so when he set out to help people, I think one of the big things that happened to depict that was that he went to dinner at his nephew's house. His nephew didn't want money. He wanted his only living relative to come to dinner. So um, to wrap things up, so to wrap things up, so this scripture I think goes really good with um, what we've been talking about here and um, and it's going to be familiar but I think the the 
the meaning behind it and how it all connects. Um, I hope you find where that where that settles. So um, it's John fourteen twenty seven, and this is the Savior speaking. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's really what we hope for, is that who we are shows the Savior's love and shows the peace that can come from knowing our Savior Jesus Christ and representing him at this time of year and realizing that the hope that is in us and that we share with others is a gift. And sometimes it's hard to share because we're afraid we're going to get emotional or we're going to make people feel uncomfortable. But this is the perfect time to share the hope of our Savior Jesus Christ with whoever whoever you feel needs it. And I hope that uh, you have enjoyed this episode. Um, It was actually kind of hard to do because I was afraid I was going to cry through the whole of it. Um, And I did through some of it. But um, thankfully, I can edit some of that out so that it's not so hard for you to listen to. But um, I felt that it went really well with Um, walking with angels and that Scrooge himself it's really funny actually I'm going to leave you on a happy note so in the end of the Christmas carol it says that Scrooge no longer had anything to do with spirits but lived in a way that he never had to see them again basically (laughs) and I thought that that was really funny um but the the people he saw as the spirit of his friend, and then he saw spirits of Christmas, and that that can really be, you know, we have angels, and he had angels, and they brought messages because that's what they were, you know, they were messengers. And uh, as we go through our lives, we will receive messages from many people, and maybe from um, our friends on the other side or family on the other side. And that as we go about our lives, if we can tap into that or recognize the, the opportunities we have to feel the Spirit speak to us, um, we will be better for it. And it will open our eyes to things that we would never have seen before and changes within ourselves that we would never have had. And so I leave that with you. Hope you have a beautiful December. Um, I'll still have, you know, one more episode before Christmas. So this isn't actually our Christmas episode. It's just the one before. Um, And, uh, yep, remember that you're walking with angels and that you're never alone. And that Jesus Christ is the hope of Christmas. Bye for now.